No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. With 613 commandments in the Mosaic Law, how would someone know which ones were most important? Today we see where Moses instructs the children of Israel in the main thing that God requires of them. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Deuteronomy chapter 10 on Simply the Bible. It has been said that the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. It's so easy for us to get off the main thing so that our time, energy, and resources are spent on sidebar issues and we neglect that which is most important. As Moses shared his last words with the children of Israel before they entered the promised land, he focused them on the main thing. We pick it up in Deuteronomy 10:12. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. Maybe it is the result of looking at nature. Or perhaps I consider the wonderful machinery of the human body down to the cellular level. Or perhaps I am present for the birth of my child. But something convinces me that God exists and that I wasn't the result of random occurrences of fortuitous circumstances, but I was designed and created by God. Now what? If God made me, then for what purpose did he make me? And what does God require of me? Moses answers this question with five things. Fear the Lord, walk in all his ways, love him, serve him with all your heart and soul, and keep his commandments. These five things are God's ideal requirements. And if everybody lived this way, well, imagine what a wonderful world it would be. We would love God and love people, and they would love us. We would all keep his commandments so that God could bless us all abundantly. I don't know about you, but I don't have a problem with any of these things in theory. I would like to do them. I agree that they're good things to do. My problem is that I am weak in carrying them out. My most noble intentions fail because of my own weaknesses. I might be doing pretty good for a while and then something goes wrong and I get upset. Something triggers my anger or something and I say something that I shouldn't. Or I get an unloving, self-serving attitude and oops, I just blew it. Now, I know that I'm not alone in this. In fact, Israel would have done well if they would have obeyed just these two verses in Deuteronomy, but they didn't. It was a yoke they were unable to bear. And that is why the old covenant failed. Even though God specified in two verses what he requires of man, man was unable to do it. And if the children of Israel couldn't do it, well, then neither can we. 
Once the Jews came to Jesus with a similar question. What must we do to do the works God requires? And Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. You see, since man could not meet God's requirements as set forth in the law, then God gave a new requirement, believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus has fulfilled the righteous requirements of the law on our behalf. If you will simply believe in him, then God credits his righteousness to your account and you will be accepted in the beloved son. This is the good news. Because it isn't based upon my performance, then I have a solid foundation for my salvation. I can rest assured that I am saved and meeting the requirements of God, not because of my own merit, but purely because of the merit of Jesus Christ. Blessed assurance. Verse 14. Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God, also the earth with all that is in it. The Lord delighted only in your fathers to love them, and he chose their descendants after them, you above all peoples, as it is this day. Therefore circumcise the foreskin of your heart, and be stiff-necked no longer. If you think about it, it really is amazing that God would want to have anything to do with us. It seems to me that humanity has cost him a lot of grief. And then he gave his one and only son to save this sin-wrecked world. And what did they do? They crucified him. I think God would be fully justified to just wipe out humanity and start from scratch. But instead, he chose Abraham and loved him and determined that through him and his seed, the nations of the world would be blessed. And God chose Abraham's descendants after him to receive his blessings. Therefore, Moses said, circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be stiff-necked no longer. Now, circumcision was introduced back in Genesis 17. It was the sign of the covenant that God made with Abraham. And every male descendant of Abraham was to be circumcised on the eighth day after his birth. It was to be a sign in their flesh that they were not to live to gratify the desires of the flesh, like the nations around them, but rather they were to live for the things of the Spirit. The problem was that they soon started doing the physical ritual without the spiritual result. So Moses calls them out. He says, Circumcise the foreskin of your heart. Don't be stiff-necked any longer. Don't let it be merely an outward ritual, but make it an inward change of your heart. Since God loved you and chose you, then live as his covenant people and do what pleases him. You know, the same is true of us today. We should no longer be conformed to our former desires of our corrupted flesh, and of the world, but we should be transformed through the renewing of our mind. We must cut away the foreskin of our hearts so that we may live wholeheartedly for Jesus. Verse 17. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe. He administers justice for the fatherless, and the widow and loves the stranger. 
giving him food and clothing. Therefore, love the stranger, for you are strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him, and to him you shall hold fast and take oaths in his name. He is your praise. He is your God, who has done for you these great and awesome things which your eyes have seen. Your fathers went down to Egypt with 70 persons, and now the Lord your God has made you as the stars of heaven in multitude. If we would be holy, then we must meditate upon the character of God. The greater our thoughts of God, the more we will seek to be like Him. We will seek to be perfect because our Father in heaven is perfect. Moses sought to lift the eyes of the people to behold the great, mighty, and awesome God who had chosen them and who was going before them into the promised land. Their aim would be to imitate Him. God shows no partiality in judgment, so they should be impartial and take no bribes. God administers justice for the fatherless and the widow, so they should do the same. God loves the stranger and gives him food and clothing, so they should also love the stranger, for they were strangers in Egypt. Moses stresses that God is worthy of praise, for he has done mighty acts on their behalf. He multiplied them from a family of 70 to a nation of 3 million, and he is flawless in his character. Therefore, he is worthy to be imitated. Now, the problem was, is that Israel really failed in doing this. Rather than loving the stranger and being a light to the nations, they became ethnocentric and hindered the nations from coming to God. When Jesus came on the scene, he sought to correct this. He was a threat to the self-righteous community, but he was a friend of the sinners. Tax collectors, prostitutes, they all loved Jesus. But it was the religious community that had no place for him and ultimately crucified him. Now, as I look at my own life, I have to ask the question, am I a friend of sinners? Do they feel comfortable hanging around me? Am I a threat to the self-righteous? Or do the self-righteous feel comfortable around me and the sinners want nothing to do with me? You see, Our aim should be to imitate Christ. Therefore, you shall love the Lord your God and keep his charge, his statutes, his judgment, and his commandments always. Know today that I do not speak with your children who have not known and who have not seen the chastening of the Lord your God, his greatness and his mighty hand and his outstretched arm, his signs and his acts, which he did in the midst of Egypt to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to all his land, what he did to the army of Egypt, to their horses and their chariots, how he made the waters of the Red Sea overflow them as they pursued you, and how the Lord has destroyed them to this day, what he did for you in the wilderness until you came to this place, and what he did to Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, the son of Reuben, how the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up, their households, their tents, and all the substance that was in their possession, in the midst of all Israel. But your eyes have seen every great act of the Lord which he did. 
Moses spoke to those among them who were 40 to 60 years old, for they had witnessed the mighty acts of God from the deliverance out of Egypt to the conquering of the two Amorite kings on the east side of the Jordan and everything in between that had occurred over 40 years. There were great acts of grace and judgment to teach them both the kindness and the severity of the Lord. And these lessons would be tremendously valuable to them to remember in the promised land. They were examples for them so that they would keep the Lord's charge and obey his commandments. This would be how they would prove their love for God and how they would receive his many blessings. The same is true for us. The Bible says that we love God because he first loved us. We demonstrate that love by keeping his commandments. These Old Testament stories are given to us as examples. We don't have to make the same mistakes that they made. We can learn from them so that we may inherit all that God has promised for those who love him and who keep his commandments. Love God and do what he says. And he tells us to believe in his son so that we may have eternal life and to walk in his steps. That's the main thing. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where Moses continues to instruct the children of Israel on what to expect when they enter the promised land. He sets before them a blessing and a curse. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Deuteronomy on Simply the Bible.